Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is The Roy Green Show. It was almost a year ago that I spoke to my uh, first guest on the show today, and it was right after I'd received a moving violation uh, traffic ticket for not stopping for a stop sign, which, which I did, because I stopped for stop signs. The police officer um, also made a mistake about the location. I hadn't yet reached the intersection where he claimed that I hadn't stopped for the stop sign. But anyway, uh, we went to court. It took some months before I was able to get to court. The, uh, I received a, a letter from the uh, Ministry of Transport and uh, our court system, and they let me know that January was going to be my very first court date. So uh, off we went. And by the way, in the interim, I'd gone and spent some money, about 500 bucks on a on a really good dash cam, because I wanted to make sure, a digital, make sure that if I ever got stopped again, that that camera was going to record when I, when I stopped, where I was, and for how long I was stopped. And also record the, uh, the, 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 the visuals. And um, so I, I hired Mr. Doug Morton, who's paralegal in, uh, in Burlington, Ontario, and and so we went to court. I'll talk to Doug in a second. We went to court in January. And uh, by the time we got up there to talk to the judge, the judge looked at the clock and he said, well, I've only got about 15 minutes left here. I'm not starting a trial now. So when can you all come back? So about five or six weeks later, we all went back for a second appearance. And at that point... Mr. Morton uh, was called into chambers by the uh, Justice of the Peace, the traffic court judge, along with a prosecutor. They didn't ask me to go, but they went, and they were gone for quite a while. And apparently, uh, during the discussion, uh, the, the, a deal was going to be offered to me, and Doug mentioned that to me. And I said, I'm, I don't want to take a deal, because I know that I've, I'm not guilty of what I was charged of. So... We rejected the deal, and uh, and so we went a third time, and that was about uh, just ten days ago. It was Friday, and um, was it, no, it wasn't this past Friday. It was Friday before. Anyway, so we went a third time, and here's a new judge and a new prosecutor, and uh, the trial actually started. I still, I never got to say a word other than, yes, I'm me, and. And that's it. I thought I would get to testify in, in my, on my own behalf. But it didn't happen. 
Doc Martin joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. He's a paralegal, former police officer in uh, in London, Ontario, traffic police officer. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for everything you did for me. Oh, you're welcome, Roy. It's uh, my pleasure. You're a real professional. Well, thank you, and, and, and thank you for having me on uh, your show today. Yeah, well, so... So, so uh, I covered off uh, day appearances one and two. Yeah. Uh, can you just tell us what happened when when you were called into chambers with the? Uh, how much of this can you tell us? Because I know it's top secret stuff. Well, we were called. I, I'd filed a motion because the officer had made a mistake on the ticket, and he put the location as somebody's home address. Right. I filed a I filed a motion to have the ch- the ticket thrown out because uh, you can't lawfully erect a stop sign that's enforceable on somebody's private property. Um, so we went to the chambers, and the justice uh, basically said that he would rule against us on on the motion without hearing anything, and uh, said so. But because I know everything you've told me, uh, I have to recuse myself from the trial because I now know too much about. I'm not. Uh, I know too much. So we had to come back on uh, a week ago Friday. Yeah, and they were ready to offer me a deal the second time, right? They were. They the, the justice was encouraging them, encouraging them to offer you a deal that had zero demerit points, but would still show on your driving record, and you'd still have to pay a fine. Yeah, and it would still affect my my insurance rates. Well, it may. Yes. Okay. So so we went a third time. We went on Friday, and we're doing this, ladies and gentlemen, because. I know there are people right across this country who are facing the same situation I faced when you get the ticket. And you're saying to yourself, should I fight this? And the conventional wisdom from my friends was, don't bother, you can't win. Well, that's not true. So the third time we went uh, Friday before this past Friday, so about 10 days ago, walk us through, please, Doug, uh, what, what happened. Well, you know, you, you came up, the charges read you, you pled not guilty, and our trial started. Now... In most trials where the police officer is a witness, the, the police officer would like to refer to his or her notes uh, during the testimony for the purposes of refreshing their memory. Now, 99.9% of the time, that's a pretty standard thing that happens. In order for the officer to be able to re- refer to their notes during their testimony, uh, the party calling that witness has a burden to, to, to establish that the notes were made contemporaneously. That's a that's a a big word. That's for, a big. One. I avoid that. Yeah, I so do I. Yeah. I, 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 I. I hurt. I have a headache now. Um, <laughs> Roy, that just means the officer made the notes at the time or very soon thereafter. Right. And that the officer made those notes. The officer uh, kept the notes, and there have been no no deletions, no alterations to the notes. From the time that that he made the notes to the time that he's in that courtroom, correct. Okay. So if if the answer if there's positive answers to all those, yes, I made them right away. I haven't made any deletions, and and like I said, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, that's the way it is. So just as the she the prosecutor, a very nice lady for Mrs. Rutherf- Ms. Rutherford, I believe her name is, she was uh, she was parachuted in from Niagara. Uh, Sometimes they do that. They're short of prosecutors, so they'll just bring somebody in from another area. Mm-hmm. She was a lovely lady to deal with. Um, so she whispers over to me, Are any problem with the officer referring to his notes? And I replied back to her, no, not at all, subject to me comparing the notes. Now, 
in advance of the trial, Roy, we had a, we had applied for and received the disclosure. The disclosure, for your listeners, is the prosecution's case against you. Mm-hmm. And basically, in a traffic case, it might be a copy of the ticket and the officer's notes. Well, in Halton, the, uh, the police now for traffic violations, they're now doing everything uh, uh, electronically. So I, I, I received three pages of disclosure uh, that were computer-generated, and uh, each page, the two pages, had writing at the top 25% of the page. The rest of the page was blank. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, just as, out of due diligence, I say, well, I don't have a problem with the officer using notes, but I just want to check to make sure that the notes he has are the same notes we have. Um, I go up. I approach. I ask the court for permission to approach the officer. Go up to the officer and say, "Okay, here's my notes. What do you have?" Well, I'm. The officer has about eight pages of notes, mm-hmm. and I have, and you know, we have two. Yeah. And and I can see that the, the there's a cover page which is his notification telling him to come to court. So I say, "Okay, well, show me where your notes are." So he shows me where where the notes are, and I'm I'm about to compare them. Uh, and I notice at the bottom, just right below his last sentence, there's a there's a Google map, and the Google map's about the size of a square coaster. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, wait a minute, there's something wrong here because, Roy, we don't have that, and that was not disclosed to us. So while I'm still standing beside the officer, I said, "What's that there?" And he says, "Oh, it's it's a Google map of where this happened." And I said, "Can you look at my?" my disclosure is where is it on my disclosure and he says oh well no you don't get that well uh i think that's when you saw me light my my i get that kind of a smile yeah yeah, i saw the firelight yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) well the light went on right um well i went back and i hold uh, on hold on to that thought there i just need to take a quick break all right if if you end up in traffic court if you if you're going to fight a ticket look if if you're not guilty if you believe and you strongly believe and you know you're not guilty, then I, my gut tells me, fight it. That's your right. So we're at the point now where Mr. Morton has found a discrepancy. Uh, we received two pages, and the officer has a whole bunch of extra pages with a map. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. We'll come back, and Doug will explain what happened next and how it happened that the Crown withdrew the charge against me. They didn't do it in the courtroom. They did it afterwards. And uh, I'm curious about that as well. So we'll come back with Doug Morton and the story. We'll take some of your calls on your experiences in traffic court this hour as well. Proudly Canadian and making Canada proud. This is The Roy Green Show. Send emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and listen back on the podcast to anything that we air at uh, RoyGreenShow.com on the web. Let's go back to the story of uh, how my traffic ticket was withdrawn by the Crown. I have paralegal Doug Morton with me. He was kind enough to take on my case. Mr. Morton's going to be in studio later because we have a completely different story. We'll have a young man in here who in 2016 drove while he was drunk and crossed into oncoming traffic 
uh, was involved in a head-on collision, and the person he hit died. And so we have, this is the first time ever, that anybody who was on the uh, delivery end, driving drunk, and killed somebody, will actually be talking on the air. I've never had that happen before, where they, somebody would actually say, yeah, I'll come in, and I, I feel so such tremendous remorse about what I've done. I want to talk about it. So that'll happen later. Doug, so um, so let's as quickly as we can get through yep. what, what what happened next. So you've got you've got two pay pieces of paper. The office's got a bunch of extra paper plus a Google map. So yep. what does that say to you? Well, it, it said to me that the, the notes he wants to rely on are altered. Right. And that they weren't the, the additions weren't made con- contemporaneously and that it doesn't pass the test for him to be able to uh, use his notes to refresh his memory during his testimony. Right. So I brought that. Uh, I made that pitch to the Justice Peace. The Justice Peace then said, "Oh boy, this is a big important issue." He looked at the prosecutor, said, "You have to file a motion. You have to provide case law. You have to serve Mr. Morton. He gets a chance to reply." So we're going to come back on the 23rd of May just to set a timetable for all that to happen. And that now doesn't involve me anymore. Because oh, it's look, it's looking at the system that they used, right? Yes. Yeah. Because the officer said that he, when he had his notes, he inputted them into his system. He has a password and a key, and supposedly nobody has access to the notes until such time as he withdraws the notes from the system to go to court. And clearly, well, it appears that wasn't the case. Well, he doesn't withdraw them. Somebody else. Somebody else does. Somebody else sends them to him. Okay. Uh, so you know, it was. I'm not going to. I don't. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, uh, Roy, but there, there, there could have been better explanations to my question. Okay. Wow. So anyway, I wrote, to the, uh, I wrote to the senior prosecutor in Halton just to inform her what had happened, and uh, as, I tried to lay it out as neutral as I could. I wrote to her on the 30th of April uh, to explain to her what had happened and why we're coming back before his worship. On the 23rd of May, and she reported. She wrote back to me, saying that she had spoken with Miss Rutherford and the officer to find out what happened. And her, uh, she's saying, looking at the nature of the charge and the history of this case, the charge will be withdrawn. So that that to me is surprising, given everything that we'd gone through to get to this point. Yep. So, am I am I correct to say? Well, there's a systemic issue here, or somebody made a serious mistake. Uh, so it's either one or the other, and I was caught in the middle. You get the advantage of, of someone's mistake, yes. Okay. Yep. But and, at the same time, I, I insist that I'm not guilty. Well, you were, well, right. You are not guilty because they haven't proven you were guilty, because you're, you're guilty, you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. They could not prove you were guilty. Yeah. So did you, you didn't get your chance to stand on the soapbox and, and, and tell the world you, you didn't do it. Right. Well, but, I, do, I can now. Well, you, you've got your soapbox today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the, the thing is, sometimes, Roy, in court, and Jeff Manishin will tell you this if, he, if you ever have him on again, or the next time you have him on again, is that sometimes certain things aren't worth the fight mm-hmm. because you may not like the result. Okay. And this may have been one of those situations where all the all the work that the prosecution was going to have to put into this uh, to allow the officer to refer to his notes may not have been worth the result if the ruling went against them. Yeah. Plus, I have the right to a speedy uh, trial, or at least a yep. 
fair amount of time. They can't just stretch it out forever. That's and it was right. coming and, up to and, a year anyway. Yeah. You know, it's been on, on June second. It'll be a year. That's right. And that's, and that's why the you know the, the, in the email it said, and the history of this case. Right. It's gone. You know, you shouldn't have to come to court three times. No, and this was going to be a fourth time. It would have been, well, yes. Well, you wouldn't have been there. It would have been me, and then you would have to come back another day. But it's it's going to be over with on the twenty third of May, when it will be officially withdrawn. But the crown has indicated in writing that they're going to withdraw the charge. Do I get anything in writing about that? You'll get a letter from me. Okay, Mr. Morton, you're uh, you're a very skilled man. I uh, I I asked the first time you were on the air with me. Why does somebody need a paralegal? I guess I have my answer. Well, right, because I, well, <laughs> I, 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 think you, I think you have your answer, and the listeners have the answer, because this was a technical point, Roy, that a lot of people who spent a lot of time in court, and even some paralegals and defense lawyers, would not have caught this. Yeah. And it was an important issue. Yeah. And, and, and the issue worked out in your favor. Doug, thank you so much, and we'll see you, later on, when, uh, see you later on when David's here. Thank you. Doug Morton, paralegal, my paralegal, and I thank him very much. And I paid him one fee, and even though we went to court three times, the fee stayed the same. So have you ever had a traffic court experience where you went to trial over a ticket or uh, some other, well, some moving violation? What's your experience, and what is your advice would you advise somebody to go to court and, and fight it out and argue on their own behalf that they didn't do it, that they're not guilty? Everybody was telling me, no, 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 Roy, you can't, you can't beat City Hall. You just don't even bother. It's not worth it. Just pay the fine. Suck it up. Forget about it. And I said, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not guilty. The officer says I am. I say I'm not. So I want my time in court. So do police officers make mistakes when they issue traffic fines? Clearly, in my view, they do. And should you challenge that sort of situation in court? You know, I could have paid a $110 ticket, accepted the demerit points, and an increase in insurance premiums, or I could have accepted the deal they offered me, a reduction in the fine and no demerit points, and I said no to that. Instead, uh, Mr. Morton represented me, and I've had the dash cam now, which digitally, with a timer, records all my car's movements and stops and starts. And those decisions, by the way, cost me a lot more than the ticket and any insurance premium hike. But I want to make sure that I have stuff in my car now to cover me. 800-263-2428 is my number. 1-800-263-2428. Have you fought a, have you fought a ticket in court? Have you, have you taken a traffic ticket to court? And what happened? And would you advise somebody who's sitting on a traffic, traffic ticket right now to go to court or just pay it. If you are in possession of a ticket and you don't know what to do, call us as well, 800-263-2428. If you have experience with a traffic ticket, 800-263-2428. If you're wondering what to do, same number, 800-263-2428. He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is the Roy Green Show.
Definitely get apply a breathalyzer where there on one foot on the brake and one on the gas. It's the Green Show, the Chorus Radio Network. Uh, we're going to play back for you next hour. What are your calls in about 30 seconds? Next hour, we're going to play back the conversation I had with Frank McKenna, the deputy chair of TD Bank yesterday, former Canadian ambassador to the United States and also the former premier of New Brunswick, about the $117 billion it costs the Canadian economy to sell our oil cheaply to the United States because we can't get it to the international markets because we don't have pipelines that extend to... This is so stupid. We have pipelines that extend to the ocean so we can transport our oil and sell it internationally. Instead, we bring 700,000 barrels a day of foreign oil into eastern Canada to refine it there because they also can't get it past Montreal to the refineries. So we'll play that back for you. Got a whole bunch of things coming up. Um, Alberta leads provinces in economic growth uh, in this new StatsCan GDP report. Bloomberg News. Catherine Swift is going to talk to that Catherine McKenna. The environment minister tweeted, Alberta is fastest growing economy in the country. We're taking action on climate change, including putting a polite price on pollution. What? So I tweeted back to the minister. Firstly, is that a sentence? And pollution, please define. Ms. McKenna, it's polite to respond. Hello. Hey, David. I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, how are you, sir? Sorry about that. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> good, old, good old drive-through. They always mess up. So do, so do traffic police. Now, I was driving. I'll tell you a funny story. If you know Toronto well, I was driving down uh, uh, westbound on King Street. Yes, sir. And and uh, just past the bridge there, there's a there's a do not turn left sign. Yeah. Now, if you're fortunate enough to get on Atlantic Avenue. If you're fortunate enough to get stuck behind a streetcar at 4 o'clock, you don't see it, and then you turn left, and there's a nice you know, officer there sitting on a horse just pulling people over left, yeah. right, and center. Yeah, yeah. So I got a ticket, so I said, hey, you know what? This is unacceptable. There was no sign before the bridge. I really was behind the streetcar, and I couldn't see, couldn't see the, the, the do not turn left sign. So sure enough, I, I got my camera out when you're allowed to hold the device in your hand while driving and uh, put together a little presentation went to court, the Crown Attorney or Prosecutor said that I was traveling too close and the pictures were, uh, were were too blown up. And the judge actually dismissed the case. He thought it was brilliant. And uh, and that's all you have to do. I mean, you've got to produce your evidence. If you really are innocent, you are innocent. And nine times out of a t- ten, a judge will let you off. You got to be. You have to be prepared, though. Absolutely. Because the prosecutors know what they're doing as well. Yeah, and the other thing is this. I mean, you know, if, if you, you've got you know, choices, if you escalate this, and you, you know, don't show up to court or whatever, let it go to City Hall. City Hall's got more important things to do than listen to a traffic violation, and nine times out of ten, they'll throw it out because it'll be all the same. Yeah, it's not nine, hey, hey, David, it's not nine times out of no. ten. It's not okay. nine times out of ten. I'd say nine times out of ten, they collect because most people are satisfied with just getting a little bit knocked off the top to help, well, to, to, to seemingly... Help them out. I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you so much. In Toronto, there's David. Let's go to uh, Cochrane, Alberta, and talk to Tamara. Hi, Tamara. Hello, Roy. How are you today? I'm well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. This is, um, happened to me like 20 years ago, and it still bugs me. <laughs> I don't know why. What happened? <laughs> I was driving. I lived in Calgary at the time. I was a young person going to university, 
and I went out of town shortly to study with a study group, and I was out in Prittis area, and I came upon uh, the 22X, and um, I stopped, and then I turned, and the RCMP pulled me over for failing to stop at a stop sign, just like you. And I basically, you know, said, look, I stopped. I know I stopped. I, you know, distinctly stopped. I looked both ways. I did all the things that you do for a stop. And so he thought, well, he'd make me feel better and say, well, tell you what, I'm just going to give you this ticket. And he gives me a ticket for... Uh... Hello? Are you still there tomorrow? Hello? She's... Looks like she's still there, but she's disappeared. Call us back tomorrow, 800-263-2428. I was getting to the best part of the story. Dell is in Calgary. Hi, Dell. Go ahead, please. Roy, same yes. as you. I was stopped, given the ticket. All my friends told me, don't fight it. Hired a paralegal, and the officer told me I didn't stop at the stop sign. Four visits to court. Then, finally, the paralegal did something pretty interesting got the officer on the stand, had a marble in his hand. And he said to the officer, can you tell me if I throw this marble in the air when it stops? And the officer said, yes. So the paralegal threw the marble in the hand up in the air, caught it, and the officer said it stopped. And the paralegal said, well, did it it not stop going up for it to come down? And at that point, the judge threw the case out of court and said the officer should have charged you for stunting because you didn't stop long enough at the stop sign. Well, isn't that interesting? But it cost me probably six times the cost of the ticket in the number of times that I had to take time off from my company to go to court. And that's why most people won't do it. It can drag on. It can drag on. You know, And they don't ask you. They ask the officer... They ask other people if it's convenient to them to uh, to be at court at a certain next date, but they didn't ask me if it was convenient for me. It was just the assumption that I would be there or Mr. Morton would represent me. It, same with me. Yeah. They have no consideration for the person that is supposedly innocent. But that is one that is one heck of a of an original uh, response. Thank you for the call, Dale. <laughs> Throw the marble in the air. Tell me when it stops. Tamara's back with us in Cochrane, Alberta. I again. Tamara. Hi, Roy. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Well, let's let's write it off to let's write it off to technology. Okay, so I think I got as far as telling you that I told the officer that I had come to a complete stop. So I think he thought he was doing me a favor by writing me a ticket for. At the time, they were twenty-five dollars for not wearing a seatbelt. So off I went, and and it was a holiday. I remember it was Thanksgiving, and I was in a class, and so when I I decided I was going to go to court to fight it. And Calgary to Okotoks, you know, you have to drive all the way out there. And uh, I went to court and um, presented my case that said, well, he actually gave me a ticket for failing to stop, but I did stop, and so he thought he was doing me a favor by writing me this ticket for $25. And, you know, I'm just offended at the whole thing. And the uh, judge said, well, I have to believe you or I have to believe the police officer. I believe the police officer. Case closed. I had to pay the $25. I was supposed to be thankful, you see. You know, I've heard this before, that when it comes down, or that it does happen, not always, but if it's your word against the word of the police officer, they'll go with the police officer. And that's not fair. That is not fair. There's no evidence to say it. I mean, I was wearing a (laughs) seatbelt. So I had to pay my $25, and here it is 20 years later, and it still bothers me. Just because, like you, it's on principle of the matter. 
Well, you just you, you you say, look, I went back to that intersection, and he, the officer, had me not stopping at a at a stop sign. At the next intersection, not of the one where he did actually stop me, right. he, he had me stopping running through a stop sign at the next intersection. So you know, he didn't even know where he was. So, um, with all due respect to the officer, but you, 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 you say, I, I am not going to accept this. I, I went back there and I just tried to drive as normally as I do, uh, and, and got to the stop sign and I did it several times and I, I don't know hoping I wasn't prejudiced, now, but I stopped each time. Cause I think nowadays I'd go do what you did and just hire a guy to fight it for me. It's well, mine turned out, it's very interesting because I didn't know what Doug was doing when, when the officer had all these papers, all these pieces of paper, sheets of paper, and, uh, and, and Doug said, how come, why is it you have all these sheets of paper and I only have two? Because <laughs> I'm supposed to have your notes and everything that you get, I'm supposed to get and share with my client, i.e. me. He said, yeah. I have two sheets of paper, you have a handful. What happened? Yeah, see, I suspect without Doug, you wouldn't have won that because I didn't win it and I had to pay $25. And here it is, 20 years later, and I'm still, yeah. it annoys me. Like, but you know what? They're still going to look into this because they want to find out who has access to the officer's notes um, when they're not supposed to, unless the officer made a mistake. I, I don't know. I know that I'm out of it now. You know, I think they plead down a lot of cases just to give you reduce. Like they, they do plead down. Oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they do. Because the first time I went, there was a lineup of people sitting along the wall, and the prosecutor was at a desk, and they're all in sequence going to the prosecutor, and the prosecutor was with most people, I think, just making leave, right? making a deal. You know, let's make a deal. All right, well. All right, Tamara. And, and congratulations, you got off. You don't have to be bugged in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call. Thanks. All the best. There is Tamara. So in uh, in two hours, we're going to be joined just over. I won't complicate this. In about an hour and a half, we're going to be joined in studio by David, who was driving drunk and crossed over into oncoming traffic, hit another vehicle head on, and the driver of that vehicle died instantly. And David is going to go to prison. And uh, a plea bargain was done. And he's going to come to the studio and talk about what happened and talk about his, his level of remorse. And as I said earlier, this is the first time we will ever have spoken with someone who did drive, drive drunk and kill someone. We've talked many times to victims' family members well, this is the first time we'll talk to somebody in studio who actually committed the act of, of driving drunk and killing someone. When we come back, we're going to talk about gas prices in the provinces where we're heard and what's ahead for the summer. Dan McTague is going to be with us. And then next hour, we'll play back a conversation with Frank McKenna, the deputy chair of TD Bank on how much money Canada wastes by not getting our oil to the shores of the uh, Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean and then shipping it off to international clients like clients in waiting, like China and India. We just ship it to the Americans who buy it at fire sale price and it cost us $117 billion dollars 
over seven years, and it continues every single day. Dan McTague, when we come back.